Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten every single day. Alongside our Monday co-host, Jay Stevens, I'm Nate Dickinson. Welcome into the program and welcome into the start of another week here in Big Ten News. And we've got stuff to talk about, Jay. Big Ten Media Days now done. You were there. We talked to Isaiah Hole live on Thursday. But now that everything's done, we talked to Isaiah before things got started about like what he was going to be looking forward to hearing about. You've heard it all now. We'll talk about everything that you heard in just a moment, but I want to start over in Tokyo. The Olympics have gotten underway, Jay. I know you've seen the stuff we've sent out over on the Locked On Big Ten Twitter. We're keeping track of everyone winning medals. We have our first two medal winners already out of Michigan, so maybe not the best for you in the Ohio State podcast here on Locked On. But again, Maggie McNeil and Katie DeLoof both medaled in the 4 by one freestyle relay on what would have been Saturday night, I think. It's hard with all the hours and stuff. But the point is, that's the two that we have here through the first day. At the time you're listening to this, there are probably more. I have not gone through and looked through all of Sunday's medals yet. But the point is, we're on the board here in the Big Ten. There's a whole lot of athletes being represented, including at your Ohio State. And of course, the Olympics are always just a whole lot of fun to see these people get out there and do what they do so well. Good to know that every school is being represented by at least one athlete, too, as well. Jay. Uh, first weekend at the Olympics, always exciting, of course, but knowing that we got some Big Ten medals there too, big as well. And how you doing, by the way? I'm doing well. I'm doing very, very well. Big Ten Media Days was fun. My first time attending that event, especially coming off last year where they didn't have the event. It was very nice to see the excitement, Kevin Warren speaking to the media and everything there. But the Olympics comes around every four years. Unfortunately, it was five years in between the last one and this one. But it's still here. It's exciting to see the different athletes. And I love the counter that you're keeping track of for all the Big Ten athletes, former Big Ten athletes, maybe some current ones, and the medal count, medal awards there. I love it. Only thing I don't like, as you mentioned, the Wolverines have more medals so far than the Buckeyes. And they lead all Big Ten schools as well with 37 athletes out in Tokyo. And Maggie McNeil, who won silver in that 4 by one freestyle relay, she is a current Michigan Wolverine out there swimming for them too. So getting those two medals in early for Michigan, big for the Big Ten. There were 10 schools that brought home at least some sort of medal in the 2016 Olympics. They'll be looking to up that number again this year as they up the number of participants again. 185 combined coaches and athletes, 164 athletes out there in Tokyo representing Big Ten schools. A huge, huge thing for these schools to be able to flaunt out there. Now let's talk football, Jay. It's the big, big thing here in the States, of course, every season on campus. And for your school, Ohio State, it, of course, means a whole lot more with what they've been able to do right now. We'll get to the Buckeyes in just a moment here later on in the show. But I want to ask you real quick as we get into the show and maybe get a little bit of the tease for the people. What is maybe that one thing that we'll get into here in a moment that you thought was kind of that biggest takeaway from the weekend? 
the biggest takeaway from the weekend. I could go to different schools. I could go to the commissioner that spoke. The one big takeaway that I think we saw, and I'm not going to go to what the hat that I'm wearing right now. I'm going to go back to something that happened on Thursday morning, maybe an afternoon time, probably afternoon time. It was after 12 noon. Good old Jim Harbaugh. I call him Jimbo. The question came from a writer from the Columbus Dispatch, Mr. Bill Robinowitz, asking about not only Michigan winning the Big Ten, but also winning the beating Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh, you could immediately see his face change, his countenance changed. You could tell that this rivalry meant something very, very important to him. Next thing you know, Harbaugh starts talking. He goes on and saying, your school, he says Ohio, didn't say Ohio State. He said Michigan State's our rival. I mean, just bashing, but I expect this from a guy that's an old school style mindset with the robbery like Jim Harbaugh. And in the midst of saying the Big Ten Championship, winning that and beating Ohio State, he says, we're going to do it or die trying. My first time at the Big Ten Media Days, and I get one of those quotes that comes from a coach. You know those quotes that are quotable, that you get the graphics the graphics people make, they go, go all over the place? That's what Jim Harbaugh provided. And I think it was something that was somewhat, I'll say needed, because there's been a lot of talk about the Wolverines putting more emphasis on the rivalry. An Ohio State Buckeye player didn't think that was the case before. He thought they always put emphasis on the rivalry. But Harbaugh simply saying, hey, I know I have a lot on my plate. I know I backs against the wall. I know I haven't beat Ohio State since I've been there. Ohio in his eyes, not Ohio State. And we're going to do it or die trying. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on Friday with Matt Sheehan, but of course, you're our Buckeyes guy, so we got to ask you about that kind of stuff, too. With Harbaugh, the, the seat's so hot on him right now, and it has been for a few years now, that we agreed. It's one of those things like he has to come out and say that stuff every year, but do you feel like, is there any way, I guess, if you're looking at it, even from an Ohio State perspective, what would like Harbaugh have to do if he can't beat Ohio State? Because nobody can beat Ohio State right now. If he can't beat Ohio State, can he pick up enough as far as the rest of the schedule goes to be able to at least put together enough to get the confidence of this fan base back? I mean, for him to have to not beat Ohio State and then to keep his job, he's going to have to go 11-1 and regular season, miss the Big Ten championship game because there's divisions to this. He'd be second place, no better than second place in the Big Ten East, and then win the bowl game. So ultimately, you'll be 12-1. and but I still don't think that's enough because everything I, I, I have friends that are Michigan fans and interact with some fans on Twitter, they're disgusted. They're upset. They're not happy with the way that things have gone and getting dominated by Ohio State. They seem to forgot the Rich Rod era, the Brady Hoke era. They're all focused on the past five years. Well, should have been six, but they didn't play last year. The past five losses and said, hey, look, if you can't beat Ohio State, I understand you can win all the other games. But this is just like Alabama, Auburn, and all the other prestigious elite rivalries. If you can't beat your rival, what are you doing here? And I think it's what Harbaugh feels. That's partly why he made the statement that he did, because he knows if he can't win this game, he can't keep his job. Now, are we, that's what I want to Are we talking keeping jobs here? Or are we talking getting the confidence of the fans back? Because I agree with you. you got to beat Ohio State if you're going to win this fan base over. And at some point not winning the fan base over loses you your job either way. But I just feel like we talked about it with Matt last week. There's other ways for this team to improve and get back on track, at least 
part of the way, being able to beat other teams in the Big Ten aside from Ohio State, if they can beat everyone else, the Penn State's out there, Indiana this year. We were talking at least like maybe it's not enough to get fans to like him again. But as far as keeping his job, I feel like there's an in-between between having to beat the top tier of college football that's so above everybody else and losing your job. Is there no middle ground there where Harbaugh can improve but not beat the Buckeyes and still be here? Because it's been a few years now that we've been saying Jim Harbaugh might, might not be at these media days. Yeah, see, here's the thing. I am a person that I don't like calling for somebody's job. I never have. I never will. I have lost my job. I've been fired from a job. So I know the feeling of someone like you or I on our level financially losing the job. I don't know how – I'm not trying to count your pocketbook, but we're not making the millions of dollars that the college football coaches are making. If you are, so be it. More power to you. Jay is not. So I don't like calling for people's jobs. The fortunate thing and the benefit to these coaches, if they get fired, they can get hired tomorrow. I mean, Minnesota, uh, Richard Pitino, he got fired. 12 hours later, he had a new job in basketball. So they can get a new job very, very quickly. I don't want to call for his job. I mean, I don't like to do that. But I personally believe that the fan base, the school, the boosters, they're moving in that way because they recently he recently got a new contract. And in that contract, his buyout is less than it was previously. So it's almost a school-friendly deal. We're expect, I'm not saying they're expecting him to fail, but if you do fail, we're going to pay you less money to buy you out than we were previously. That's why I think right now they're thinking, hey, Harbaugh, you better win a lot of games. Beating Michigan State, okay, Michigan State, that's, that's, that's expected. By the way, that the programs are right now, that is expected. But if you lose to Penn State, if you lose to Ohio State again, if things don't start to get, change and get on the right trajectory you may be on the outside looking in. And I think I personally have always thought them that new contract, the lesser buyout, I personally think that was kind of like the wake-up call. If you don't fix things now, you're going to be up out of town. Yeah, and that's a good thing to mention. There are those financial aspects with the university as to why Jim Harbaugh may still be there as well that are going away right here with this season. But Jay, you're not making millions doing this stuff? You got no. you to you negotiate with the people over there, man. I just signed my extension. Four years, 10 million. <laughs> we'll <laughs> one day, one day, man. One day, well, hopefully soon. <laughs> we both will. Yeah, yeah. We're dreaming right now. Uh, we'll talk more about Big Ten coaches, other people making millions that aren't us here on Locked On Big Ten in just a moment. Jay Stevens with us as he is every single time on a Monday. We'll talk more about where he was at in Big Ten Media Days here on the show. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Built Bar. Listen, if you've heard the show before, you've probably already heard what we have to say about Built Bar. They're the best. When it comes to your protein, nobody stacks up to what they give you with the health benefits combined with the outstanding taste out there. Built Bar gives you 15 grams of protein at least in every bar, less than 5 net grams of carbs, less than 5 grams of sugars. It's everything you want as far as your health goes, while also just giving you great taste and flavor too. Every bar has 100% dark chocolate in it. The flavors out there, like their new one, Grasshopper, their kind of play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies, it's just outstanding. Everybody loves it, including my family. 
And it's just incredible how much they're able to pump out and how much new stuff they're able to pump out all the time. Seems like every week they have a new flavor for us to tell you about. So go ahead and take a look at the whole catalog. They've got everything, protein bars, the powders you put in the drinks, little gummies for you to have too. Anything that you need out there as far as your protein supplements go, Built Bar can help you out. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Try them out. I promise you're going to be coming back for more. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Monday co-host Jay Stevens at Locked On Buckeyes, I'm Nate Dickinson. Of course, be sure to follow both of the shows wherever you're listening to podcasts right now. We're talking Big Ten Media Days with Jay as he had the pleasure to be down there in the thick of things and hearing from these coaches with his own ears live. And Jay, I want to start by asking about Kevin Warren. He spoke first. We'll get into individual teams in a moment, but a whole lot of criticism coming his way over the last year. And it was, as we kind of expected with Big Ten Media Days in general, a very kind of bland speech from him as far as where things are at right now. Plenty of things he could have talked about, a lot going on in college sports at the moment, but uh, he didn't give us a whole lot of information, but we weren't expecting it. No, no, no. We weren't expecting it at all. We were expecting to see Kevin Warren talk. First time addressing the media in the Big Ten. So you're curious to see how he can, how he carries himself, the kind of man he is, the way he talks, and the way that he, his thought process. We're, we're, we're looking to see those things. Kind of the inside scoop. You know, there are things that you can watch on TV, but there's things you can see live that you don't see on TV. If I would have watched the Big Ten Media Days on TV, I would have seen Kevin Warren speak, and that was it. But when I'm there, I can see him walk back and forth, how he how he interacts with the people, how he conducts himself. I can see the the more behind, not behind, well, yeah, you can say behind the scenes look at who Kevin Warren is, well, how he maneuvers. And Kevin Warren, he kind of did what everybody, what I, what you don't want him to do based off of the things that he said. There were like 25, 26 minutes of talking. Didn't really get much out of that. Just a lot of fluff, a lot of, lot of blah, 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 taking time. Some people were thinking he was going to take up the entire time and not take questions. When he took that to the questions, it was more dodging and things like that. So I'm, I don't like to bash people. People are going to say, Jay, you're bashing Kevin Warren. I'm more relaying what I observed about Kevin Warren and how he acted and conducted himself at his first Big Ten Media Days. Yeah, it was a whole lot of that kind of stuff from Warren, just kind of saying what he needs to say. If we were working at a, a blog or paper or anything, I'd say have a thousand words on how Kevin Warren walks by tomorrow morning, Jay. But let's move on to individual coaches. Jim Harbaugh was maybe the biggest headline getter as far as just what he had to say throughout the day. I know you got plenty to say about it because he was talking about Ohio, if you want to directly quote him but Ohio State and the Buckeyes again in that big rivalry we talked about a little before in the first segment just when we kind of got off on that Michigan Ohio State tangent but Jim Harbaugh is a guy who says things we already knew that and he was full of things to say on Thursday yeah he was in that statement I think that was I want to go back to that again because he not only mentioned who was going to be QB1 for for Michigan, if you guys are not listening or watching Big Ten Media Days or you haven't seen the Twitter or you haven't seen any articles, Jim Harbaugh did say going into fall camp, Cade McNamara is QB1 
in Ann Arbor. So you guys all have that nugget. You know who your quarterback is going into fall camp. But I do want to put an emphasis on something that an Ohio State football player said about the Michigan Wolverines. Their month for starting off at the tackle, left tackle for the Buckeyes. I believe he's a three-year, four-year starter. He's been he's been around for a while. Very, very mature young man that I have noticed uh, for just listening to him. He talked about – it was a question from a writer, forget which one, but they asked him about Michigan players putting more emphasis on the on the rivalry. And Jim Harbaugh's got a bad – that has been looked at bad for the way that Michigan has played. He hasn't beat Ohio State yet, which, of course, is going to look bad if you can't beat your rival. But Thayer Mumford, starting off with a tackle for Ohio State, said he did not think the Wolverines weren't putting the emphasis on the rivalry. He saw something in the paper, was reading something, and talking about the Michigan defense. And he's like, I like that. I like that. It was This was all in the midst of him answering a question about Michigan putting an emphasis on the rivalry. So I think Harbaugh right now, he's doing the same thing he's been, he's been doing all summer, giving talking points, showing we're putting more different, finding different ways to motivate players for the rivalry. But an Ohio State player himself says, I don't, I never thought they weren't putting an emphasis on the rivalry. He didn't say this. I will say it for him. Ohio State's just better. I, Nate, you mentioned it. It's hard to beat Ohio State. I'm not trying to, like, they are up in that top, top, top tier. If you want to say it's Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, that's the top tier, that's it. If you want to put two schools, Ohio State and Alabama, drop Clemson down, because I think Clemson slowly going to drop down to tier two. If there's only going to be two schools up in the top, I think Clemson's coming down. If there's a third, they're kind of on the outside, like kind of you're on a ledge, one foot's over the ledge, one foot's on the ledge. They're kind of right there right now, and I don't know exactly how Dabo Sweeney stays at that top, top tier. An Ohio State player has noted that he believes the Wolverines have always put an emphasis on the rivalry. I think Jim Harbaugh right now is just putting more attention, attention outward attention, letting people know what he's doing in-house to kind of boost how important or more important that game is at the end of the regular season and how people like you and I talk about the game to build it up. Yeah, I mean, not every conference has that team out there. You mentioned it's just the three right now. It's Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. If you're playing in one of those conferences, you're got to gonna have to get through those teams to have any sort of success nationally. But obviously for Michigan, it's just a, that much taller of a task too. If you're in the Pac-12 or the Big 12, you can get through a season without facing off at any of those elite teams. But those conferences also don't put teams in the college football playoff quite as often too. So it's a, a give and a take. So right now with Michigan, you have a bit of an odd situation. On the other side, Ohio State's they're cruising right now. You mentioned one guy talking about the rivalry and Ryan Day was out there talking too. This was something where I wasn't quite as interested in what he had to say just because it's easy to talk when you're on top and he's <laughs> going to do that. But I was, of course, a big day for him because as far as the country's eyes, everyone was set on Ohio State on Media Day on Friday. What did you think about what day and everybody there from the Buckeyes had to say? They conducted themselves like they're the best team in the conference. And I'm not trying to gloat or say something that's not factual. Nate, you know it. If you're a listener to this podcast or watching us on YouTube, you know it as well. Ohio State is the best team in the conference, the best team in the region of Midwest because there are some Midwest schools that are not in the Big Ten, the best team outside of Alabama. If you want to go into next year, 
Yeah, you can say Oklahoma because everybody's saying Oklahoma's defense, bring bringing back a lot of guys. Okay, great. There's a tier, tier one of college football. It's Alabama, it's Ohio State, it's Clemson to me in that order. I think it'll be that way all season long. Yeah, Oklahoma will be good, but top tier elite, that's Ohio State. And from Ryan Day to Jeremy Ruckert tied in to Sarah Mumford, who I mentioned, offensive, offensive tackle, to Zach Harrison, defensive end, all three are starters. They conducted themselves in a very mature way like they know they are the best team in the conference. And that showed all throughout. A lot of those guys, the players had a lot of media around them talking. They're Mumford, very, very mature. Zach Harrison, a little goofy. Jeremy Ruckard looked very, very clean in his suit. And Ryan Day, he had the biggest media section there for a second podium session. Not the one that was live on TV. The second one that was an hour. The largest section. And it was really conducted like a true press conference where the SID at Ohio State ran everything. He called on people wow. pointing, answering each question, because one of the Ohio State writers said, hey, Jerry, do you want to control this? He said yes, kept order the entire time for the entire hour. Ohio State, they ran different, and they conducted themselves like they are the best team in the conference. Well, it's really instinct at this point for them, right? I mean, everyone who's on that Ohio State roster was taught about Ohio State culture at this point by somebody else who was just playing on the best team at the country in that point. So it's getting to that point with Ohio State now, and I guess it has been there for a while. But with the Buckeyes, they, they go in being that team that is just like, hey, we know we're the best. They know that the reason why they're talking like they're the best team in the conference or talking like they know they're the best team in the conference is because they do. That's not something that's a secret. It's not something that obviously they say, but it's something that they can say with the attitude. And I understand what you're saying. Just the kind of demeanor that they bring to that Big Ten media days has to be just like, we're the pros here. Everybody else is trying to get to us. So we're just going to kind of hang out and see what everybody else is up to. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's confidence, not cocky. They were not cocky at all. It's just a confidence that our program is on a level that you're not. We're not going to talk in a different way. We're just going to show you by our actions, by how we play, by the way that Ryan Day conducts himself. We're going to show you in our actions that we are the best coach, coach team, best team in the conference. And I can keep going. I can go to PJ Fleck, who is expecting better things than Minnesota had last year. Mike Loxley, who says year three is about taking the next step. Scott Frost, who talked about and put an emphasis on the little things, talk about how the offensive line, he's excited about that group. Uh, Brett Bielema, who has 22 super seniors at Illinois. That's amazing. <laughs> Northwestern, they're geniuses. Uh, he said the school had the, their highest, the team had the highest graduation rate in the country. Greg Shiano, who's trying to put more emphasis on recruiting the state of New Jersey. And but 20 years ago when he was there, they, oh, he was a lot of South, South Florida kids. His words, not mine. We're going to Rutgers now. It's cool to stay in state. But Ryan Day, all these guys are talking about things with their school. Super seniors, recruiting the area, emphasis on the little things. Ryan Day and Ohio State, they don't really do that. A lot of the questions were like questions about, oh, players that were injured. Are they healthy now? People looking forward to the season. A lot of media members there, myself, 
We're trying to find things about your you and your team that improved. Or Ryan Day is just like, look, I'm just I'm just doing my job. I was hired to be the head coach at Ohio State. We're winning. We're success successful. We're putting guys in the draft, putting guys in the NFL. They're having successful careers early. I'm doing my job, and I'm supposed to assist these young men to do their jobs as well. They're just confident. There's a, a good confidence. I think it's a healthy confidence that the players and they had at Big Ten Media Days. Yeah, it's something where he doesn't have to say much. You don't have to say beat Michigan or die when you're doing the kind of stuff that he's doing out there. And another <laughs> legacy guy in Ryan Day, too. I mean, he learned from one of the best out there when it comes to being the best and acting like the best out there in Urban Meyer, too. Well, you mentioned, Jay, P.J. Fleck, Brett Bielema, all sorts of personalities out there at the Big Ten Media Days. We went over some of the biggest highlights with some of the biggest teams and, of course, covered the big rivalry, Ohio State and Michigan, with our Locked On Buckeyes host. But after we come back, we'll talk more about some of those other guys in the conference, the guys who are chasing the Ohio State, and who could be that team that rises up to challenge them this season. Uh, that's stuff for way down the road. We'll just talk about what they had to say at the podium here in a moment on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline's been our gambling partner online for a while now, and in the time since we've teamed up, I've been blown away by just what these people do over there. BetOnline has every line that you could ever imagine. You don't have to worry about that, of course, but also all the information out there to try and make you smarter before you send your picks in, and of course, you can get free money. If you've heard the show before, you know if you use our code Locked On when you sign up, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So whatever you put in that first time, add 50% on top, just the icing on the cake as a thank you from Bet Online and of course everyone here at Locked On for using the service. The website's BetOnline.ag, and again the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Welcome back to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. With our Monday co-host, Jay Stevens, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're finishing up our coverage of Big Ten Media Days as we've spent pretty much the last three, four shows talking about what people are talking about. So we'll try to put a bow on things here by just getting the finishing touches from Jay Stevens, who was over down in Indianapolis over the weekend. We've talked about the big things that were said from Kevin Warren, Jim Harbaugh, of course, Ryan Day, and the favorite Ohio State Buckeyes. But Jay, you say you have other people you want to talk about, a coach we haven't yet discussed here and what he had to say. Go ahead and give away the big secret. Who is it here that kind of caught your attention? The Fighting Tom Allens. I've called that team, the Indiana Hoosier football team, the Fighting Tom Allens for a while. I, I like Tom Allen. I am from Indianapolis. He's, he used to coach. I wasn't living on this side of town at the, at the time, but he did coach at his school. That's maybe five or ten minutes from me. Ben Davis High School, really, really good, um, very powerhouse high school for football, high, high school football in the state of Indiana. And Tom Mallon going from Indianapolis to Bloomington, about an hour south from where he used to coach, used to live, used to coach also in the SEC. So he has been around a while, has some SEC coaching experience, won a state championship or two in, in high school at the state of Indiana. And Tom Allen made a comment. I've already I've liked him for numerous reasons, but he made a comment, two of them, that really stuck out to me. And I think in his position at the Indiana Hoosiers football head coach, he needs to one, know who your target is, and two, have some have something with your team that's different than the previous year. 
First, he mentioned how Indiana is the most has the most depth at the team that they've ever had since he's been at Indiana. I think that's a very good thing for them. Coming off a year where I think they went five and two, somebody said if Indiana goes eight and four, that's a bold statement that they're they're, they're thinking that maybe they'll probably go seven and five or less. But when you have that depth, it helps you in practice because you constantly have, let's say, QB one, QB two, the most important position. QB2 is pushing QB1, so QB1 automatically gets better, or QB2 gets better and takes over for QB1 because he's ultimately the best player on the roster. Now, hey, that's the cornerback, the safety, the offensive line. The guy behind you could take your spot, so that automatically makes you better, or you're just going to lose your spot because the better player is behind you. That type of depth makes a practice amazing and very competitive because you don't know. One false move. You can lose your spot very, very easily. And that's how practices get very, very intense and make football teams better. Very next thing he did, well, I don't know if it's, if it's in its order, but I mentioned the target that Tom Allen almost said Ryan Day. Tom Allen, I almost said Ryan Day because Tom Allen is the size of Ryan Day in the Ohio State Buckeyes because he called Ohio State the gold standard. He knows exactly who he's looking at. He knows exactly where the bar is, and it's super, super high that Ohio State has set, not just in the Big Ten Conference, but also around the country as well. And Tom Mallow with the depth and him knowing who the target is, you know exactly what is needed. Well, you may not know what's needed, but you know you got to find a plan to get to said goal. Tom Allen, those fighting, those fighting Tom Allens, I am predicting an 8-4 season. Somebody else said that's bold, but I think that's more realistic for this year's Hoosiers football team. Yeah, we'll see. It's easy to be the guy who's hot right now, and Tom Allen is the hot coach in the conference at the moment. A lot of people think in Indiana could take that drop off this year, but we'll, of course, end up seeing what happens. Jay, I do want to ask, just what are your – I think we talked, was it quarterbacks on Monday last week with you, or it might have been Kevin on Tuesday, but either way – with the squad Indiana has, before we get into just real quick, uh, anything else that you may have heard on Big Ten Media Days, what do you feel about just like you mentioned? Some people are saying eight and four for Indiana is bold. A lot of other people are saying that that 2020 successful season might have been a bit pandemic influenced as well. You seem pretty high on the Hoosiers still. They got the good quarterback, but what else is it about them? I mean, I guess the depth you mentioned, but what... Why are you you feel so much higher than some others? I'll be the first to say very quickly. I'm not the highest. Of, I'm not the highest of Michael Penix Jr. I never have been. I know that he got a lot of attention. He can be an electric guy at times. I don't think his arm is that good. Hopefully, it. Hopefully, he proves me wrong this season. I don't think he. I think he can make some throws. His accuracy to me is not there, but that's just me and my eye and what I see. But I think that it's more the defense. I don't really think it's all the offense that Indiana is going to have. I think it's a defense. There was a time in Indiana was an offensive heavy firepower. They could score against anybody, but they couldn't stop anybody. But defense wins championships. I'm not saying they're going to win a championship this year, a conference championship. They might win the old Oakett Bucket game against Purdue, which is their big rival. So that's a win in their eyes anyway. Trophy at the end of that. But I do believe their defense this year, with the back half of the secondary, you're going to have some all-Big Ten players. You might even have an All-American on defense as well. I think their defense, Micah McFadden, uh, Taiwan Mullen, I think I butchered his name, other guys that are there on the defense of Indiana, I personally believe their defense will carry them. 
Offense will be good. I'm not trying to say the offense is going to be bad. Offense will be good. But I think their defense is why they're going to be more successful than they were last year. I am not expecting, as somebody mentioned this to P.J. Fleck, or he, maybe he brought it up when he was there in Big Ten Media Days. I am not expecting an 11-1 Minnesota 2019 to what Minnesota was in 2020. There were different factors there that I think players missing or why Minnesota kind of fell off in 2020, not just a natural progression and drop-off. I do think what we saw in 2019 from or 2020 from Indiana can be replicated in 2021. I do think with Minnesota, they're not going to be what they were last year, somewhat in between 2019 and 2020. Yeah, I'm interested to see about Minnesota. I think Minnesota and Indiana are kind of those two teams who are getting those question marks as to like, how good is this team actually? Like, did we not know because of the pandemic or what are we going to find out here in these next few weeks? I feel like those are the two teams where everyone's thinking like, all right, is Minnesota as bad as that? Is Indiana as good as that? Those are the questions that are going to be answered. And that just hearing tidbits like that from Alan are really good too about like depth and stuff. It's just the kind of perspective on things that you don't think about and you can really only get from inside that coach's head. So that's why we do the media day stuff. Jay, before we let you go, anybody else that you heard from media days that you want to just give a little note on before we end things? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm trying to look at my notes real quick to kind of look and see what I saw. So Mel Tucker, last year, everybody got a bad – he got a – everybody looked at him and said, Mel Tucker, you went into a bad situation. You got hired in February, a month later, maybe a month and a half later. Everything got shut down. You couldn't recruit. Dead period lasted basically, what, 14, 15, 16 months. So you couldn't get out there and, and meet recruits face-to-face, go see mom and dad, go watch them play at high school. You couldn't do any of your normal stuff. You couldn't even really implement your new system to the team and the Michigan State Spartans football team went just like that. Mel Tucker said a few things that I liked. Now, I'm a person I want. I'm normally optimistic. Right now, I'm pessimistic because I just don't know what Michigan State is going to be this year. But he said he feels the momentum of the program in every aspect. And he's talking about on the field, off the field recruiting, the students, uh, student athletes, classroom. He feels the momentum uh, in every aspect in I sure hope so, based off last year. I hope there's some momentum. I hope it's positive momentum that we see this year from Michigan State, not what we saw with the play that they had last year. But he learned some lessons from Nick Saban and Barry Alvarez. I'm going to close with this very, very quickly. From Barry Alvarez, who Mel Tucker played under at Michigan State, I believe in the mid-'90s, he learned how to build a program from the from the ground up, which is what Michigan, what he, Barry Alvarez did at Michigan State. And then – under Nick Saban, who Mel Tucker coached with in 97, I think he said he was a GA, a grad assistant. He learned how to coach and recruit. Now, learning how to do that's one thing. Knowing how to do that and, know, and putting it into practice is another. But if Mel Tucker can learn how to build a program from the ground up, kind of 2020 may be your, your rock bottom. If you can figure out how to coach and recruit, you might have a formula for success they're in East Lansing now, pessimistic, not optimistic. Get Jay right now. Very curious what we see from El Tucker in year two. He says, some people say it's year one. He says, no. Last year is year one. This is year two. We can't, we can't erase what happened. We have to use that as a stepping stone to move forward and to build on what we're building right now in East Lansing. 
I like that. I like that from Tucker. And you know, that team with the current projections has plenty of reason to be motivated and prove some people wrong here this fall, as does pretty much every team in the Big Ten right now, except for Ohio State. But we'll get to all of that, of course, when things kick off in just a few weeks, Jay. We are getting closer and closer to the college football season starting up. Jay Stevens will be here every single Monday throughout it and onward to talk about everything going on in the conference when it happens. You can also hear him talk Ohio State Buckeyes every single weekday over on the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Jay, it's always great to have you on here every Monday to get into your brain and through you get into the brains of Big Ten coaches here today. Before we go, of course, Thank you, as always, Jay, for coming on. Shout out to all the Big Ten Olympians once again. Shout out fellow Chesterton High School class of 2014 graduate Blake Peroni playing or fighting, swimming for a 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay gold. Would be his second senior year, me and him at the lunch table. A whole lot of other people too, but I was there. The other people don't have microphones. Jay, it's been a pleasure to have you on here. We'll be back again next Monday with more from you. Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. Before we go on the show today, a quick reminder. Listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini, may have heard of him, and former GM Ryan McDonough. It's the perfect way to get ready for the NBA draft. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is the audio home for all of the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey.